All right, good morning. If you weren't feeling good before that video, I hope you are feeling good now. Some of you sports fans out there watching that, some of those movies you recognize, it kind of just wells up in you, doesn't it? That excitement of that motivational speech because we love winning, don't we? Um, I was, uh, uh, our family, our boys have really got into the NCAA tournament over the last few weeks and they were super excited and normally they cheer for rival teams, but they actually both chosen um, the same team to cheer for. So uh, a week or so ago, my wife decided I'm going to get them um, a t-shirt from that college uh, for their Easter basket. So they were super excited this morning when they got their Easter basket and they, they held up their University of Kentucky t-shirts and they were... <laughs> They were thrilled that that's what the Easter Bunny bought them. So, uh, <laughs> because the truth is, we love to win, don't we? And that's the theme of this morning's message. My name's Dave. If you're visiting, I'm the lead pastor here at Connect Church. We're thrilled that you're here. Maybe you've come along with a family member or a friend, maybe a neighbor. Maybe you saw something on Facebook. But whatever brought you here to Connect Church this morning, if you're just visiting and you don't have a church home of your own, I'd love to invite you to come back again. Josh told us about that series we're going to start next week, and I'm super excited to be talking about that. So maybe you can come back and join us as we kick off that brand new series. But this morning, we're talking about this whole idea of victory. You see, we love to win. That's why when we watch a video like that, we get stirred up emotionally because there's that inner part of us that just wants to be on the, on the winning side. I can remember, you know, when my boys started playing soccer here in the Washington Park District. Uh, they were like four or five years old. And, you know, at that age, they give you these kids and there's no goalie and uh, they tell you not to keep score. But do you know what? Us coaches, we're keeping score. Okay, when those balls go in, we are counting how many times. Because you know what? These kids, they're counting too. They want to know if they won or lost. The parents on the sideline, they're keeping track because we want to be winners. I was at uh, The Blend. It's a coffee bar here in Washington uh, just last week. And my daughter was with me. And we were just kind of hanging out together. And she said, Dad, can I go and get a game off the shelf? We could play a game together. I'm like, yeah, that'd be fun. So she went and got Uno. Uh, that's a great game because there's a lot of strategy and skill involved in the game of Uno. Um, if you've ever played Uno, you know that's a completely untrue. It's like 95% luck, the cards you get, and maybe 5% at the most how you play them. I know this to be true because the first round, Emma beat me. Emma is seven. So um, being the loving dad that I was, I said, let's, let's play another game. <laughs> let's not stop now. Let's, let's have another game. And, and we did. We played a second game. And uh, this one, I had a better hand. So this one, I got down to my last card. And it was one of those pick fours. You could play them any time. So I was trying really hard. But it, it got to my, and I'd said Uno. And I'm like, pick four. In your face. No, I didn't say that. But it was, it was great, you know, to, to win. And then she said, can we play one more game? I said, absolutely not. Because I want to end. I want to end on a victory. Even a tie at this point, I would have taken, okay? So, because, uh, and maybe you're sitting there going, no, Dave, it's about playing the game. It's not. Come on. I know every one of us, deep down, we have that side of us where, where we just love to win. And that's our theme, like I said this morning, victory. And we're talking about a very specific victory this morning, which I'll get to in a second. But before I do, I want to take you back to um, a time. This was about 20 years ago. I just moved to America. And um, I can remember, I'd, I'd heard about this church in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. It was called Willow Creek. And uh, it was very famous in uh, England as being a great church. They were doing some great things. It was actually uh, what you may have heard called a mega church. It was a very large congregation, and they were reaching a lot of people and uh, sharing the gospel with them, sharing the news of Jesus. And a lot of people were becoming followers of Jesus. So I wanted to go to this church that I'd heard so much about. 
And I can remember me and my buddy, we drove up there and we arrived at this, this massive church up in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. And that particular morning, there was a guy by the name of John Ortberg. He was the pastor, he was one of the pastors of that church, and, and he shared this message. And this is how good the message was. 20 years later, I still find myself thinking about it. And he was talking about this whole idea of winning. He said, you know, I remember when I was a boy. He said, growing up, I would play um, board games with my grandma, and my favorite game to play with her was Monopoly. I loved playing Monopoly because it was a long game, and there was, there was some strategy there, and I had to kind of figure some things out. But you know what? Grandma was good. And grandma always managed to beat me at Monopoly. So he said that one summer, he, he was off school. It was the summer holidays, and he and a friend, they, they found themselves a, a Monopoly board game, and he said, every day I played with my friend. All summer long, that's all we played every day. We just got the board out. We played again and again and again. He goes, you know what? I got really good. I knew the, the, the properties to buy. I knew when to buy them. I knew how to do it, and I got really good. And that fall, I went back to grandma's. And she said, do you want to play Monopoly? He said, oh, yeah, I want to play Monopoly. Let's get the board out. He says, I played the best I've ever played. I bought everything. I was spending money left, right, and center. I was acquiring properties. He says he played grandma, and he took everything she had. He said, I destroyed her financially and psychologically. <laughs> right there in that moment. And it got to the end of the game, and I was the victor. I'd won the game. He says, and I remember that day my grandma taught me another thing that I never realized up to that point. She goes, congratulations, John. You played well. You won the game. Now, it all goes back in the box. He said, no. <laughs> no. She said, son, honey, it's, it's all going to go back in the box. He said, I didn't want it to go back in the box. This represented victory. This represented a win. I wanted to somehow mount this on my wall and savor it forever. But the reality was when the game was over, it all went back in the box. And the whole purpose of his message, and I hope that phrase rings with you for as many years as it rung with me. The whole idea was, you know, when it comes to life, we can, we can buy, we can amass fortunes, we can build wealth, we can buy properties, but there's going to come a point for every one of us when this life will come to an end. And he said to us all that morning in that church, he said, you know what? For every one of us, it all goes back in the box. And I want to talk about that this morning because I want to talk about the, the victory that Jesus won. I want to talk about the difference that it makes in our lives. Because the truth is, this morning, um, every one of us is playing some kind of game as we work our way through life. Now, your game may look different, and you may think, well, I'm doing better because I'm playing this game, or, or this is the game I'm playing. And, and maybe for you, you're here this morning, and, and you are Mr. Monopoly. This is the game that you're playing right here. You are like, I am building my empire. I am doing so well. I didn't think I'd have this much at this stage of life. You should see my house. You should see my car. You should see where we went on vacation last year. And, and, and we're building. This is, this is our life right now. And we're working towards building and amassing as much as we can. Or maybe you're here this morning. You're saying, you know what? I'm not. That's, that's like Donald Trump. That's not me. I want my life to count. I'm, I'm more of a game of life person. 
Because if you've ever played the game of life, you'll know that in the game of life, you can have families and kids, and you can send your kids to college, and you can start businesses, and you can lo- borrow money from the bank, which is great, because it's showing you how you, know, you can go into debt and, and this kind of thing. And it's, it's real life. This is kind of like real life. And then at the end of the game, you, you cancel out all your debts, and you see how much money you've lo- got left. And maybe you're saying, well, you know, my goal isn't to win this kind of game. My goal is to win this kind of game. Because this game means more. There's, there's more to count for it. You know, this, this is me making a difference in the lives of my family and my friends. So maybe your, your goal is to win this kind of game. Or maybe you're here this morning and this is the game you're playing. This is shoots and Ladders. Now, I, before I explain this game, I do have to tell you that growing up in England, I played this game, but it wasn't called shoots and Ladders. It was called Snakes and Ladders. Okay? Why do you guys have to change the words of everything? I mean, obviously, as a small child playing a board game, it makes much more sense that you would slide down a snake than a chute. Okay, I guess it makes no sense whatsoever, and chutes and ladders is a much more common sense. So well done, America. You did do that one right. I have no idea. I have no idea why, as a child, I never questioned why I wanted to climb ladders and avoid sliding down snakes. I mean, maybe avoiding snakes is a good thing to teach a child. So, um, but in the board game, depending on the roll of the dice... Depending on where you landed, you were either flying up the ladders or you were sliding down the snakes or chutes. And you're like, Dave, this is the game I'm trying to win right now. Because some weeks, it just seems like I'm climbing and things are going great. And then all of a sudden, this chute comes out of nowhere. And I'm, how did I get down here? Where did that come from? And, and for me, just, just making it to number 100, just surviving the game. But here's the deal this morning, okay? Whether it's this game or this game, and we could kind of compare and say, well, I think I'm doing better because I'm playing more of this game or this is the game. But in actual fact, you know what? Whichever game you play and whichever game you win, at the end of the game, it all goes back in the box. You could make it through and win, and still, it's all going back in the box. You know, the truth is, even we, one day, will end up in a box. Because there's one challenge that we're all going to face. We could win the game and still face this obstacle that every one of us one day will have to overcome, and that's death. You see, Hebrews chapter 9, there's a verse in, in the Bible that says, And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, so also Christ offered once for all time as a sacrifice. Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. Now, I share this verse because I wanted to illustrate that the Bible says that we're all going to die. But even if you don't believe in the Bible, statistics are pretty strong still on death. Last time I checked, it was hovering right around the 100% mark, okay, that all of us one day will die. Now, the truth is, this was never God's original plan. This wasn't how God created the world to be. As I was preparing this message, I came across this really interesting picture. We're going to throw it up on the screen here and... It's an artist's rendition of a, of a thought that I want us to think about this morning because in this picture you see represented two ladies here. One on the left there is, is Eve. You see the serpent kind of wrapped around her leg there and, and she's representing the, um, what we all know as, as how God created our world perfect but, but temptation came in. He'd given Adam and Eve this free will to choose to do whatever they want and they chose to do wrong. 
And in that moment, you can see the fruit in her hands and the idea that, that she, she and, and Adam were, were responsible for, for what we call sin and ultimately death coming into the world. And yet in this image, we see a wonderful illustration of both the problem and the solution. God never intended death to be here in the first place, so God provided in his son Jesus, who was born from Mary, the solution to death. Because you see, when Eve did what the the Bible says, when she sinned, we read about that. It says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, a guy by the name of Paul, he was writing to the church in Rome. These These were new to the ideas of faith. And he said to them, listen, the wages of sin is death. That was the consequence of sin. When sin came into the world, it caused what we now know as death. And that means that every one of us are born into a world where however well we play the game, we can be winners in life, but there will come a point when we're all faced with a hurdle that we can't, in our own strength, have victory over. When it all goes in, back in the box, we will face that day confronted by an obstacle. And that's why today, for all of us here this morning who are followers of Jesus, it is a day to celebrate. It's a day of victory. Maybe you're new to church. Maybe you came in and you thought, man, there's, there's some loud music here. They're doing that thing with the phones. What's that about? You know, we just wanted to celebrate. And we'd actually just taught a series on worship over the last four weeks. And we talked about the fact that, you know, some people, what, the way they choose to worship God is they like to raise their hands in the air. So this morning we had all of you with your hands raised in the air. Well done. That was great. So uh, the, the worship's working. But the idea is that, that for us who are followers of Jesus, we're excited. Today is a day of victory. Today is a day of celebration because Jesus, as a man, also faced death. But instead of death, Defeating him, he defeated death. Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 2. In verse 14, it says, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. That's victory for us this morning who are followers of Jesus. And you know, when we think back to that very first Easter, that time when Jesus hung on the cross, you know, in that moment, if you were a follower of Jesus, if you were a disciple, if you were a person living in that community at that time, if you were a a king or an emperor, whoever you would have been, seeing Jesus on that cross, it looked about the furthest from victory that you could ever imagine. Listen to what a a writer by the name of A.W. Tozer says when he describes that moment when Jesus, the Son of God, hung on a cross. He says, God called Jesus Christ to what seemed absolute disaster. And Jesus Christ called his disciples to see him put to death, leading every one of them to the place where their hearts were broken. His life was an absolute failure from every standpoint except God's. But what seems to be failure from man's standpoint was a triumph from God's standpoint because God's purpose is never the same as man's purpose. You see, when Jesus hung there on that cross, it appeared it was game over. That all the good he had done in his life had come to an early end. 
You know, it's funny, on Friday night, we, we gathered at um, the, the Brewer Photography Studio where our youth meet on a Tuesday night, and we, we had a, a, our very first as a, as a church, as Connect, a Good Friday service. And we had a time of worship where the band were leading us in some songs, and we were singing, and we had communion there. And it was a very um, uh, awesome kind of somber occasion to just worship and reflect on the price that Jesus paid. The fact that he allowed his, his body to be broken and his blood to be shed, that he allowed his life to be taken away from him in a, in a really violent way, out of love for us. And yet it's always difficult for me because when I'm in that moment, I'm trying so hard to, to, to appreciate what Jesus did. But I can't help but remember what happened just a few days later. Every Good Friday, it's a time to reflect and to be somber, but the reality is that we know that Sunday's coming. We know that, that Friday is a, is a difficult day, but that Sunday is coming. And that's why this morning here at Connect, we are excited and we are celebrating. Because listen to what Paul says when he's writing to the church in Corinth in a, in a book called 1 Corinthians about what this victory represents. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. He gives us the victory. That's what Jesus' death and then him raising from the dead three days later represents. It's victory for every one of us. As I said, for some of us here this morning, that's a great reminder. We've been followers of Christ maybe a short amount of time or a long amount of time. And, and as a follower of Jesus this morning, Easter is always a great day to celebrate. It's not just about dressing up, although you look fantastic this morning. I've seen some wonderful people and some beautiful dresses and some kids that look incredible. I'm sure there'll be a lot of pictures being taken out in the uh, parking lot on the grass there before we leave today. It's not just about dressing up. It's about celebrating the victory that has been won. And wherever you find yourself right now in life, maybe it's in the midst of a great victory. Maybe you're climbing a ladder right now. Or maybe you're sliding down a chute wondering what is going on. But the reality is that if you're here this morning and you're a follower of Jesus, even in the midst of the chutes, even in a time when, you're, when you're, it feels like there are things out of your control, we can still hold on to that victory. We can still celebrate knowing that the battle has been won. And if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, that changes the way you play the game. It changes the way you live your life. Because now it's not just about winning the game, because we know that ultimately, the very last obstacle has been defeated. Victory. The game has been won. So our game could be great. We could have lots of victories. Our game could be difficult. We could have challenges. But we now see it through a different lens because we know that the greatest obstacle we'll ever face is death. And death has been defeated. I can remember a couple of years ago, it was Easter. And I, um, I got to listen to a, a church down in, uh, I think it was North Carolina. And they, they did a great service. And in that service, they shared a story of a young man by the name of Zach Smith. I'll never forget this story they shared because this, this young man, he was in his early 30s and he was working at the church in their technology department and in his early 30s as a young husband with young kids, he discovered that he had cancer. 
It was a very aggressive cancer, and they, they tried to do chemotherapy, and it worked a little bit, but um, eventually, after um, almost a year of, of trying, he lost his fight to cancer, and he left his young wife and his children and went to eternity. And they showed a video that they'd actually put together of this young man um, prior to his death. He knew he had cancer and he was talking about it. And, and there was something he shared in that that will always stick with me. He said, this I know. If God chooses to heal me, then God is God and God is good. If God chooses not to heal me and allows me to die, then God is still God and God is still good. To God be the glory. And you may be here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus and, and that's hard to read and, and you find it hard to comprehend that anyone, especially with a young family, could say something like that. But you know, when you're a follower of Jesus and you realize that death has been defeated, that's the final blow. Even death no longer has victory. And that's what we celebrate on Easter Sunday, that we no longer are afraid even of death because Jesus conquered death. So I want to finish off this morning by, by just sharing a couple of thoughts. Just if you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus. I know that maybe you've uh, been asked to visit. I know it's Easter Sunday, you know, so maybe you're like, okay, I'll come. Just because it's Easter and we're thrilled you're here and we, we hope you've enjoyed the service so far. But can I just share a, a couple of ideas with you about this victory and what I think it can mean to you this morning. Because you see, I don't think that Jesus' victory was just for those who had chosen to follow Jesus. In fact, the Bible clearly states that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means that he didn't wait for us to clean everything up. He came for all of us. That's what his love drove him to do. So maybe you're here this morning and, and you believe in God, and that's, that's great. But I'm talking about this morning, um, stepping over that line and making a decision of saying, listen, it's not just about believing in God. I want to make a decision to actually follow Jesus. I want him to be the Lord of my life. I want him to be involved in my life. And we've got some amazing individuals and families here who are new to Connect and in the last year or 18 months have made that decision. They said, I want my life to be, to be driven by Jesus. I believe that he won the victory, and I want to share in that victory. So on this Easter Sunday, his victory can be your victory. And as I was preparing this message, I thought, well, why would it be that someone wouldn't want to share in that victory? And I came out with a couple of thoughts that I wanted to share with you this morning. The first is, maybe you're on a winning streak. Maybe right now, things are going great. You're, you're kind of in the monopoly mode and you're just, it's going well. Life is going good. You're climbing ladders. Your life is good. And, and maybe you're at a point where you find yourself this morning that you don't need God. I pray that that phrase will, will stick in your mind this morning that you can keep winning and winning and winning. But there is going to come a time for all of us here when it's all going to go back in the box. It's all going to go back in the box. And even if life is going great for you right now, I still believe that you can experience Jesus' victory in your life. I want you to experience that. Or maybe you're in this group of people this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, Dave, I, I like what you're saying. I, I think I would like a relationship with a Jesus like that. 
You know, I've, I've come with a friend here and I've seen how he's kind of changed their life a little bit. Or maybe it's a, a neighbor or a relative or a spouse and you see what God's doing in their lives. And, and you're, you're excited for what God's doing. You want to believe in God. But in, in reality, you're kind of saying, but Dave, if you only knew, if you knew what I'm going through, if you knew the, the mess I'm dealing with, if you knew the struggles I'm having. And maybe you find yourself here on this Easter Sunday morning thinking, you know, I would like to share in that victory. I think I'm going to try and work on cleaning my act up a little bit because I'd like to experience that victory. I'm going to try and, you know, sort some stuff out of my life. I'm going to try and get control of this. I'm going to try and clean this up because I want to get to a point where, where God will accept me. Listen, let me talk to you this morning. I believe God loves you so much. The Bible calls him our heavenly father, and, and for many, that's a, a good concept. Maybe you didn't have a great experience growing up in, with your dad, but um, the, the Bible creates this picture of, of a perfect father in God. And the best way I can illustrate this is by sharing a story I heard a, um, a guy share once. He was a, a pastor, and he traveled across the country. He spoke in a lot of different churches, and after one weekend of being away speaking, he was getting ready to board a flight, and as he was waiting there in the, um, the lounge to, to be called on board, he saw the flight attendant or one of the airline employees walk up with this little girl. She was probably like 10, 11, maybe 12 years old, and she was flying unaccompanied. So the airline employee was kind of sat with her and, and he could hear them talking and he could hear this little girl. He said, she was the cutest little girl, this pretty little red dress. And all he kept hearing her say was, I'm going to see my daddy. I'm going to get to see my daddy. She, <laughs> I tried to make it sound more American there. My daddy. Um, <laughs> I'm going to see my daddy. And she was so excited. And anyone that got talking to her, that's what she would tell them. And then she got on the plane, and, and this guy, he got his seat, and lo and behold, as he was sat in this aisle seat across the aisle, there was this little girl. She was telling the people in front. She was telling the people behind. She told some of the people sat next to her, I'm going to see my daddy. She was so excited. He said it was a short flight. There was no meal served, but they did serve drinks and snacks. And um, he said every time the flight attendants came by, she'd say, could I have another drink? And if the flight attendant said sure, and she was tra traveling without her parents, so Coke was the drink of choice, obviously. So um, several cans of Cokes, the guy said he watched her consume. Several packets of cookies. Each time the flight attendant came by, another packet of cookies. He said towards the end of the flight, they actually hit some turbulence. And, and for a while, it kind of got a little bit rocky and a little bit bumpy. And he said, you know what? All that Coke and all those cookies, they kind of got a little bit shaken up inside of her. He said, unfortunately, it got to that point where what was inside needed to come out. <laughs> Not flying with parents who very quickly would have grabbed a bag or got her to the bathroom. She just did what she knew to do best, and that was just, <laughs> and it went everywhere. She's, he said the flight tents were great. They came up with those little square napkins. <laughs> Lots of them, you know, were trying to dab her and clean her up, he said. And they did a good job of it, but basically, when they landed... That sweet little 10, 11, 12-year-old girl in that pretty red dress looked a lot different than she did when she took off. It was a very stained red dress now with, with bits of, you know, cookie and Coke still kind of hanging around. He says, you know, Coke and cookies both smell fine on their own, but it's amazing how differently they can smell once they've been mixed together and ingested. He said she was walking off the plane and she was kind of smelled and she had all this mess. And he said he got to get off the plane ahead of her and as he went up into the, the terminal there, there was only one person waiting. It was this older gentleman, and he said, when I saw him and what he was wearing, he had this 
wonderful, expensive suit, a bright, crisp white shirt. He said, that's daddy. She says, I've got to see what happens here. Because <laughs> as she came around the corner, she saw him, she goes, daddy. And she goes running towards him, and he started to bend down. He said, I saw that moment when I saw dad realize, oh my goodness, <laughs> what happened to you on that plane? He said, but you know, the craziest thing happened. This expensive suit, this beautiful white shirt. He just scooped up that little girl into his arms and held her close. He didn't care what she smelled like. He didn't care about the mess. This was his little girl. And you know, God wants you to know this morning that he's dying to see you come running to him. And you might say, but, but, but he, he wants to scoop you up in his arms. He knows about the mess. He knows about the smell. But you know what? Every one of us here this morning who's made a decision to follow Jesus, we may have tried to clean ourselves up a little bit, but the reality is the Bible says we've all fallen short. There was a mess in every one of our lives. But there came a time when we turned to God and said, God, I believe that victory that Jesus won, I believe that was for me. Would you take me? And Father God scooped us up into his loving arms, the, the mess we were in. And he cleans us up and he helps us to live a life following Jesus. But I don't want anything to stop you from experiencing that victory this morning. So here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to close out here by singing one last song. We've been singing this for a few weeks now at Connect. It's kind of become a little bit of an anthem to us. And it's called the Creed. And it's basically the lines of this song are what we believe as followers of Jesus. I believe in God the Father. I believe his Son, Jesus. I believe he died for me. Some of you this morning who are followers of Jesus, you're going to sing this with some, some more gusto this morning because you're going to realize that victory, I can share in that victory. He won that for me. But if you're here this morning and you've never made that decision, maybe you believe in God, but you've never crossed that line to say, I want to live my life for him. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my lives. I want you to do a couple of things for me. I'm going to pray in just a second. I want you to pray with me, just quietly under your breath. You don't have to pray out loud. That you can pray that prayer and say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. And then when we stand to sing, you haven't got to scream, but maybe you just sing the words with a little bit more meaning than just words on a screen. Saying, God, I do believe that. I believe the words of this song. And then, then finally, I know that you probably didn't come alone this morning. Maybe you came with a friend or a relative. Why not tell them what you thought of this morning's service? Maybe you should say to them, you know, I want to experience God like the guy was talking about this morning. I want to know that victory in my life. I understand that, man, there's going to come a day where it's all going to go back in the box and I want to be in the right place on that day. Let's pray. Father, I just pray for everyone here this morning and I pray especially, Lord, for those guests and visitors who may have come at the request of a friend or a neighbor or a loved one. And whether it be an Easter, they're, they're here for church. But the reality is that it's not that they don't believe in God, but they, they probably may not be living a life fully surrendered to you, Lord. And I pray in Jesus' name that even now as I'm praying, they would be talking to you. Just whispering to you, because as they talk to you right now, Lord, as they say, Jesus, would you come into my life? Jesus, would you be my Lord? Jesus, would you help me live my life for you? I pray as they say those words in their head and in their heart, they would picture that little girl running to their father, her father and that he picks her up and scoops her to, to his, close to his chest. 
that they may experience your loving arms wrapped around them this morning. In Jesus' name.